0: When buying or selling your home, call Leo Bato. He has years of experience in real estate, showing honesty and integrity in every transaction. He's a person you can definitely trust. So book your appointment with Leo Bato today by giving him a call at 818-648-4837 or by visiting him on the web at www.leobato.realtor.com. Rejuvenate your smile with Dr. Lourdes Capalong's comprehensive range of dental solutions. Along with general dentistry, Dr. Capalong specializes in cosmetic dentistry, including teeth whitening, bonding, dental veneers, and surgical crowns. Whether it's urgent care or preventive treatment, she'll take care of you and your smile. To schedule an appointment, call the clinic at area code 323-257-7582. This episode is brought to you by ABBA Services, And the podcast will begin in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, big round of applause. Live at Paco's place, Mr. J.R. Richards.
1: <laughs> Too kind Too kind.
0: Welcome back. <clears throat>
1: Yes, I know. In the flesh this time. In the flesh this know, time. Right? Yeah. The
0: first episode was kind of virtual. No, it, it was it was, that, it was really virtual. It was
1: about five to six thousand miles between us last time. Yes. Think, so. Yes,
0: and, and you know what, like like as we were talking offline, this is really an inspiration to have you here. It's not every day that people of your stature say, <laughs> I'll be there and actually follow through with that with that promise. That's right. Okay. That's, a, that's a big
1: Yes, it's just Thank you. It well, it's an honor to be here, it, and it took a while to to figure it out. I mean, because um, I come through California quite a bit. Yes. And this is where I'm from originally, right? But uh man, my schedule is always so tight. I'm racing from one place to the next. But um, so I'm glad I was able to. But
0: you're uh, you're not you're not based here anymore,
1: right? No, no, I live I live in the UK now. So um, uh, for gosh, eight years now. Oh. Although, but to be fair, though, I mean, well, okay, so about four months of that was spent. Outside of the UK, I was, in, okay. I was in France and Spain and Monaco, US quite a bit, Canada. So you and
0: your wife, or just you?
1: Um, my wife with me some of the time, um, and uh, but mostly me. I was saying we have we have a highly special needs. One of yeah. our boys is highly special needs, so it's hard for us to both to go places together. Sadly, otherwise she'd be here right now. Ah! I know, I know.
0: Mike met her, you. Mike, you met you met men already, right? Yes,
1: yeah. yes. Mike got a chance to too. She's she's just awesome. My wife is awesome. So,
0: so I'll I'll address. Um, why are you here? Let's 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 bring that in right now. The first few minutes, I so ask that myself
1: that all the time. Why am I here? No, I. No, no. Are, are you not you the
0: philosophical part? No, no, no.
1: <laughs> no, I, I no. I, what, I, what I mean is, so do you? Sorry, being silly, but do you do you mean like why am I here at? Paco's yeah, place. Paco's place no. or, or, or <laughs> you asked me. I in the states.
0: <laughs> why are back in the states? Oh yeah, back
1: in the states. Sorry. I promise it will get better. <laughs> I'll, I'll yes. I'll, I'll wake up here. No, I am. I'm in the states right now because I'm I'm touring. So for the for two months. Uh, it's mostly um I, we were talking about. I do a lot of private shows.
0: Close on, close off.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> So far, I'll close on. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm trying to do it without getting arrested, too. So, um, yeah, so so far it's been um, well, it, it came out of, of COVID, right, really? because uh, I mean, the last tour I was supposed to be on was in the Philippines,, yes. and I was just about to get on an airplane mm-hmm. to fly to Manila from London. Right. And my wife, Min came in and she said, hang on for a second. I think the uh, health minister in the Philippines just closed all of the for venues
0: a f- for a while. Yeah. yeah for a it, big was, while. it
1: was any venue that was larger than 500 four, seats or four yes, something yes, like that. Right. 400, 500. And that was every show. Mm. I'm like, right. Okay. So that's it for that. So, um, sadly, 'Cause I was telling you too, that very first show I'd been talking to Arnell Pineda and he was gonna come and sing Angels of Devils with me in Manila, man. And which would have been a huge bucket list thing for me.
0: Hopefully we could get we could get um, him and you together right, as right. Good well. Good friends. Well he and I he
1: and I were talking about it. So he you know obviously he's busy. Yeah. Um, and We tried uh, calling him a while ago. I know we did. He's sleeping right now. <laughs> hey, which I get. He's a singer, you gotta rest the voice. Right. You know? um, but uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, depending on our schedules, if if he happens to be in the Philippines while I'm there, we'll we'll definitely uh, make it happen.
0: Since you mentioned angels and devils, yeah, you're a songwriter, solid songwriter. What inspires you, or what inspired you to write those songs? And you've been in, you've been doing music all your life.
1: Yeah, yeah, all my
0: life. So let's 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 start with with that song. Right. I mean, what's what inspired you to write that? specific song
1: that specific song so um well from a lyrical standpoint you know that part of it was it was well kind of came out of that idea of angels or devils is is kind of that 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 angel or devil that's inside each of us right and they're always you know my experience is they're always kind of fighting for who has control right and you know, I mean, I grew up being taught to do the right thing and to be kind and, but you know, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, you you know, we make bad decisions or you might be having a bad day, um, struggling a bit, stress, those kind of things, depression. There's a lot of stuff that we deal with, right? So it's, uh, this song was just about that internal struggle that we have, you know, to try to do the right thing and, and get through life in the best way possible. And sometimes it's hard.
0: Did you know that it was going to be a hit?
1: No, 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 no. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, the song originally started because Jim, the keyboard yeah. player in the band, had brought me the chords to the chorus. And, and he was playing it for me. And I'm listening to him. And I'm like, oh, pretty cool. I'm like, it sounds like Charlie Brown's parents to me. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I totally get it. And it took me a while to get my head around it. And then I kind of finally, and, and the other guys in the band were pretty keen, like, oh, that's really cool. You should do something with that. So then I, I took it home. And and then Angels of Devils came out of that. So oh, my God. I just finished writing it. So... um but it's it's a great song the the recording of it that we did as a band on opaline two was right was really magical also so because i think i've written songs that i oh i thought oh this is one of the best songs i've written and then we've gone in the studio and recorded it and it just didn't translate well you know can you
0: explain that to me and to the audience because yeah. it really happens sometimes to the point like the demo is actually better, better yeah. than the actual yeah. recording.
1: The crappy demo that you recorded mm. in your you know, garage or whatever is so much superior. Um,
0: Why does that happen?
1: You know, it's just because, I mean, music is so emotional and, um, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, I think uh, what works the best is when you're able to capture that emotion and also have, you know, be in a nice studio with good microphones and those things. So sonically, it sounds really good. So you can hear everything well right. and balanced, right? But at the same time if you have to choose sometimes the the crappier sounding version but has all that heart, heart. and emotion mm. is you know I'm working on a song right now um it for for a new album and I had sung the demo to it a few years back and I, I mean I sung on, I was playing guitar and singing at the same time and it and I was out of tune and uh-huh. blah, blah blah but the vocal is so good that I did that day I can't beat it and it's driving me crazy like it Cause I listen to that demo and it's like I want to cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that's so beautiful to my ears, you know. And then I sing it now, and it doesn't matter how hard I try. It's just, it's just not quite there. So I'm not quite sure what I'm. So
0: what, do. what do you do when, when, when those things happen? Do you, do you um, compromise yourself to hit the the release date, or mm. do you have to make a tough decision? You know what, it's not working. I'm not putting it out.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes I, I'll set it aside if it's just not there. Um, because I've I've recorded uh, enough songs that that w- should have been better than they were. Like they just didn't translate well at that time, and I probably should have just not released it and come. So there are songs.
0: Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, This is wow. So there are songs out on streaming platforms that when you listen to them, you're like, could have done better. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely. While while us mere mortals go wow <laughs> well
1: i mean i don't know i i think that um i mean i i guess it's hard to say because you can't hear what's in my head i mean because right. sometimes I, I usually hear how the song is supposed to be and then it's and then the job is trying to figure out how to to capture it that way so that i can play it for other people and they can hear it in the way i'm hearing it but sometimes that doesn't happen you know sometimes it doesn't matter what you do it's it just and they might love it but it to me i'm like it's just it I know it's, it sounds good, but it could be so much better if I could just figure out how to do this or that.
0: Now, is, do you think it's subjective or objective or both at the same time with regard to the um, the bar raised in your head?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. It's hard to say because it's such an emotional thing yeah. that, that I'm feeling right. So it's not it, you can't quantify it. You can't say that all we need to do is just do X or Y and that'll fix it. It's just kind of like, that's not, that's not it. You know, that's not it. I don't know what to do. Sing it again, play it again, you know, try. I mean, like Charlie Brown's Parents, which was on the Dishwalla's very first album, Pet Your Friends, that song, the demo for that song is probably why we got signed. Cause mm. the demo to that song on that cheap old cassette yeah. tape that we had done was so good. But I mean, it's, it sounds, you know, like a garage band, you know, it doesn't really sonically doesn't sound like great, but there's something really exciting about it when you hear it. So we went to go record it. And so we were thinking, oh, this is going to be, it's going to be amazing. Cause imagine what that song will sound like recorded yes. well with a producer and blah ball and stuff, but we recorded it and sonically it sounds really good, but there's something wasn't quite right. So we ended up so much so that we decided to go and try recording it again. So we went to a different place with a different person and tried to record it again. Still, wasn't ever quite there. Doesn't have the same magic as the.
0: So what's on what's on the Better Friends album?
1: Is the version that's really good, but not as good. Doesn't have the magic that our demo has. Isn't
0: that album celebrating its what? How many years now? Twenty. Uh,
1: Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight years, right? Twenty eight years. Yeah. Better Friends.
0: Counting blue Lots cars. Are, you, man, I'm getting old.
1: What's me, going oh on? My God.
0: <laughs> Woo! Ca- counting blue cars. You wrote that song.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: I really want, really like to meet her. Mm. Yeah. How did that lyric? We talked about this on the virtual, but yeah. to the, to a wider audience, when you were when when you were writing the lyrics to to the song. What were you expecting? Were you expecting people to go, ah, this is, people are going to talk about this or,
1: you know, I didn't think about that at, at all. It didn't even cross my mind once. It was one of those things where I was writing this song about this kid's kind of, I guess, spiritual journey <laughs> where he's trying to figure out what, what, you know, how, why are we here? What is, what is this thing life and get a better understanding. And you know, he's going from in my mind going from one side of town to the <laughs> other. Right. You know, um, and then I flipped the pronoun, which, yeah. you know, right now in the States, especially a big pronoun thing going right. on, right? Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, cool, next. And went on to the next song and really didn't think about th- it that much. And then it was one of those things, it was about, oh, Charlie Brown's Parents is going to be our first single, yes. right? And then that just didn't really translate. So it ended up being Counting Blue Cars. But you
0: never, you ne- Counting Blue Cars was never part of, was never meant to be the first, uh, no, to be the no. hit single. In
1: my mind, that was not a single. So I, I'm not a. I shouldn't be the person picking singles, apparently, because that song was huge. But I mean, in my mind, I was like, "Well, it's you know, it's good." But I don't know. I mean, it's it sounds okay. It's a good song, and because um, originally we had another song called "Haze" that was on the album that was our first single, but it didn't translate very well. So the the label decided to pull it really quickly mm. and pretend it never happened, and then and then decided to release counting blue cars and a lot of people, the label felt like this is a great song. Was like a did they meet
0: with you when they said, did they actually sit you guys down and say, and said, uh, we're releasing counting blue cars or they just did it on their own. And
1: well, yeah, there were, th- there were f- three camp. <clears throat> there were three different camps, groups of people in the label that one wanted to release, you know, one group of people wanted to release Charlie Brown's parents, mm-hmm. one Hayes, and one counting blue cars. Um, and, uh, yeah. So the Hayes group won first. They didn't do very well. Then they decided to go with County Blue Cars. I mean, a lot of the, we were on tour. So a lot of this was kind of out of our control. Right, right. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't have wanted to make that decision. I was yes. so young and really didn't have any. So, okay. Ideas.
0: So you were on tour. Hayes was out. Yeah. That, that wasn't really um, creating much of a dent like County Blue Cars did. Right. Yeah. So you were on tour. Yeah. Who are you touring with at this point?
1: I think we were touring with... uh, Was this a
0: Matchbox 22 or not yet? No,
1: no. I think it was Better Than Ezra. Better Than Ezra. Yeah. They were
0: good. They're a good band, man. They are (laughs) good. You got it? (laughs) Like a... (laughs) The right? Good. So anyway... Yeah, it was good. So right? It's really good. What was your single? Oh, it was it was good. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was okay. No, it's actually good. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, shout out to the guys from Better Than Ezra. Uh, yeah, Kevin, I so. love them. I, I digress, right? But yeah, the my guys. first my first Pentium was the IBM Aptiva, and I'd go to the good guys, and they were all over the demo. Oh, the, were they oh, Yeah, that's, that's so cool. Because it was good. That was uh, the yeah. the demo of the IBM Aptiva, right, yeah, but which that was, makes
1: sense. Yeah, I digress. But yeah. So anyway. Yeah.
0: You guys were on tour with Better Than Ezra. Yeah. Finally in 96 counting blue cars come out comes out. Mm-hmm. Was it 96 or 95? They
1: maybe? released it in 95, 95, but it really didn't start taking off till 96.
0: And, and you guys were on tour?
1: We were on tour, yeah.
0: So did you notice the sudden influx of fans because of this because this?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I th- it- you didn't really notice it as much because we were always opening up for someone ah. so if there were more people at the at the show i just attributed that to being the they're come to see the other band i'm like wow but our other guys are doing great you know um i you know so because we were you know we'd be playing with the goo goo dolls or tonic right. or you know cheryl Crow. we were with quite a bit so you, you just you just we were always opening up for them. So I never really thought, you know, if the room was full, it probably wasn't us. It was probably them.
0: When did you probably. feel that it was you guys? Um, I, that's a good question.
1: I think that maybe when we did, um, we won a billboard award in 96. And, uh, we were, well, we were asked to be on the show cause we were nominated for rock song of the year, Yeah, which was like, took yeah. me a second for it to sing in and the people at the labor are like, you have no idea. This is a big deal. A you know, I deal. mean, the fact that you're nominated is like, you're on the radar. This is really good. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. And, um, it wasn't until I walked out on the stage <laughs> to play in front of, you know, 28, 30 million people live. And it's like, the front row is like sting, you know, oh! uh, Mariah Carey, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, um, Santana, I mean, it was it was no, no, that
0: was your bitch me moment. Now, this
1: is the front row, <laughs> LL Cool J, and it was like, are you kidding me? So yeah. Alan Grimiris,
0: so yeah. I'm just getting front
1: row. So I, you know, I remember being like, this is weird because I'm used to seeing those yeah. shows, yeah. and and you know, the cameras will pan around to the front to the you know the the front yes. rows, and you'll see all those people sitting there. But then I'm standing on the stage looking at them from that same. perspective. How did it, it feel? Just, it was scary at first. But then, but then luckily, just kind of, you know, the song started and we kicked in and we just started playing and, um, you know, and it sounded good. It's interesting because that night, you know, there there were probably 30 different artists that were performing at the Billboard Awards, right? During the night, only two of them actually played live. Everybody else was lip syncing. Yeah, so we played live, um, even though our label was begging us to just, hey, well, perhaps you should just, just not take a chance of sounding... Crap that night, and you know because that can kill your career. Yes, just go out and lip sync. You know, we were like, no, 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 no. We, we play live every night. You know, with, we'll go ahead and play. And then Brooks and Dunn, the, the country artists, they they actually they were awesome too. They sounded amazing. But everybody else was out lip syncing. Wow. Yeah.
0: So these opportunities, did you? We were talking about visualization a while ago mm-hmm. while having dinner. Yeah. As a kid, did you visualize? everything that happened to your music career or was it by chance
1: um that's a good question probably more vis- visualization it's hard to say um just because that's all i've ever really thought about as a even as a kid i mean before i could speak i was singing yes because everybody in my family sang and you know played an instrument and that's just what i was used to that's just what you did to communicate and so um
0: but you, you know, but you You actually took it to a different level.
1: Yeah, yeah, and among everyone in your family. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, yeah, I mean, because I I don't, I don't know why. I just, you know, I, I was probably nine when I started writing songs. You know, but what, is I, it, what did
0: they say when when you started doing this? When they saw that you have siblings, right?
1: Yeah, I have, I have one, one sister, but one I, had, sister, okay. I but it was a lot of uncles and yeah. aunts, and they all you know weren't too much younger than me or too much older than me, and they all played and sang and were in bands and. Um,
0: but never, I want a record deal. Never, never that. No, right?
1: no, no. And I wasn't really thinking about that either. Really? I just, wow. I just enjoyed playing anything that I, any time I could play, any opportunity, any instrument I could learn how to play. I was all over that. I mean, even learning how to be an engineer right. or a producer, any anything I could do, I was. I wanted to be a part of it, or just go and sit on the side of the stage and watch. I'll help you set up your drum kit. You know, I'm in. I still enjoy doing that. You know, those.
0: You, the, of this is this is the goosebumps. This is so surreal because you're a rock star <laughs> without the rock star attitude. It's very inspiring. If people watching can 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 feel you your presence now, it's big. It's very impactful. At the same time, it's a lesson that all all of us here in this room should pick up on. That you're this generous human being, putting out, you know, something that hopefully will reverberate to everybody watching. And and I just wanted to say that to you oh, personally. Oh wow. well,
1: gosh, that's really kind of you. Thank you.
0: Because now, now, when when you when you set out to do this, you as an artist was it already dishwala or was it supposed to be solo or it did not matter at that point in your life journey?
1: Yeah, like early on? This episode is brought to you by Leo Bato & Associates, ang realtor na pato. Yeah, it was just, um, well, even though I was writing songs and I would be singing, I was never considered myself a singer. Really? Uh, yeah, I just considered myself more of, of a musician and I just love doing stuff. And it wasn't about trying to be the best guitar player or piano player or whatever instrument um, it was just about being a part of it you know and being somebody who's making this beautiful sound you know that yeah because i love listening to music and I, you know i love anyway so um and it's it just kind of evolved in a in a weird way so you
0: started solo yes
1: yeah, so i started started kind of solo i played with a lot of bands i was always a keyboard player though I don't know why that was, I mean, I started playing piano when I was four or five. So, and I had quite a few synthesizers that I would save up for and those kind of things. So I really enjoyed that part and I never thought about being a singer until uh, cause I was a keyboard player in this band and, um, the singer was, was, and had an excellent voice. Um, he kept getting roles in like Broadway plays and things like ah. that. And so he was never at rehearsal. And so, and and so we were like, well, how are we going to rehearse? Well, I can sing the songs. I mean, I know the words, and I'll just put the mic on and I'll play my keys. I got my little headphones yes. set, so I would just sing in rehearsal, um, so we could practice. And then he would show up at the gigs when we would play. And then uh, one night he just called and said, "Sorry guys, I just got another role, and I got I can't make it." And we we were, con- tr- you know, I was I was only sixteen or something like that. We 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 had a contract that we had to play this this place all weekend, and uh, so the guys are like looks like you're singing tonight. So I took my, I was like terrified, but <laughs> I, I pushed my keyboards up onto the edge of the stage. Right. And I had my little headset on so I could play and sing at the same time. And you know, I'm out front and that. Were you covering
0: or were this original songs? Uh, mostly
1: covers, I think. Yeah. yeah. Probably at this point. And, um, but that's anyway, anyway, from that point on, I became the lead singer guy, you know?
0: Now when, when you became the lead singer guy, was it, in, was it with reluctance or did you embrace it a hundred percent?
1: Well, because I think every night there would uh, like in the band every band I was in, I might sing one song and I would walk up to the front of the mic, not playing right. an instrument, and just sing. And right. I loved it. I just you know would take on whatever the song was and be the character and and just oh! you know I'm just I'm like let's do this. this is all. I loved it, loved it but I never thought of myself as a lead singer. Right. So it was just this moment to go and just have a bit of fun and, <laughs> like, and then go back and hide behind the keyboards. Right. Um, which was fine with me, you know? So yeah, I was a little reluctant, I think to just because I, I know it, cause that's a lot of energy to, for just to do one song yeah. was I'd be exhausted. Cause it's like, you're trying to connect with the whole room and all the focus is on the singer typically. Yes. Right. Cause you're the one, you know, yes. you're using your, you know, our voices anyway. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of extra responsibility that comes with being a singer in a band. Then. Let's
0: let's uh, let's drill down with yeah. regard to that because people only see the singer as you know the billboard of the whole band. But mm. like um, to set up the question in this this the scene, like I'm a drummer. Mm. I I sing one two songs in the band. I can talk all night long and not worry because even if I lose my voice, I can still sing the song I'm assigned to sing. Right, and right. Play the drums. Not in your case though. Your voice is your instrument. Yeah, You got to take care of that. Yeah. Like we were talking about Arnell, we couldn't talk to him because he has a show tomorrow. Yeah, has to sleep early. When it dawned on you that you said one song, two songs, exhausting. Having to connect with the audience with one or two songs, exhausting. Just the thought of now having to do it full time mm-hmm. with your voice, which actually became the signature sound of the band. Right, right. What was the pressure like to would be wannabe singers out there?
1: Yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, I recommend to any anyone who's who's sings and wants to be that lead singer thing is to really take care of that voice. I mean, I started studying opera technique, um, and this is a long time ago. But so when I was about eighteen. I, I I just happened to be very lucky and started studying under this guy, Ron Anderson, who is. Prior, until he passed a couple of years ago, probably like the number one vocal teacher in the world. Right. You know, I mean, um, uh, and it changed my whole the whole way I look at singing, and you know, beyond just having you know improving your voice and taking care of it, but just the whole idea of what it's like to be that person. That because you have to think about it. It's like you're you're putting on a show. To to that's a
0: that's a that's a that's a very big sentence of you're putting on a show right and and sorry to cut you short because other people think that the person in the kitchen or at home or in the bedroom is the same person up on stage i keep telling people those are two different yeah people
1: yeah it's it's i mean for me it's a part of me yes it's not all of me no 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 no. and it's like you because you can't if you're stressed or you're sad or those you have to leave that off the stage and walk out there and because people expect to hear and see what they see on, you know, right. YouTube or uh, here on Spotify or whatever it might be. So you you have to, you know, so you're playing
0: you're so you're putting on a show. Yeah, you're putting
1: yeah. on a show. I mean, you, you know, and and it's you're there too because people especially too if you if your people pay to come see you play, um, you know, they, they want to be entertained. So it's just kind of part of 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 your job really in that way. And it does sometimes feel like a job. So it's finding that balance of of enjoying what you're doing and kind of crafting who you are when you're, when you are being your lead singer personality um, and, but also treating it seriously, you know, and taking it very, very seriously and, and trying, you know, trying to, so that people leave and they feel happy, you know, I mean, it's, that's what it's all about is really right. connecting and also, you know, trying to, to remember that this is music we're singing. It's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be enjoyable. That's why I started doing it to begin with. And so it's reminding myself that, Cause I know a lot of singers are complaining cause I got i I'm really tired or do I have to go out tonight and sing in front of 50,000 people? It's like, are you kidding me? Exactly. Right. You really so many people would kill to be in that position. Yeah. So it's like, you know, d- always not losing that perspective of how fortunate we are to be in a position to go. And even if it's 10 people in that room, that's awesome. You know and it's like you you go out and you do the best you can whether it's 10 or ten thousand. it just it shouldn't matter it's just you know doing it because you enjoy it that's really what it's all about that's what i tell every every artist that i work with that's young is don't do it because you want to be famous or you want to make a lot of money right or you know whatever it is do it because you would do it whether anybody was listening or not because you're doing it for yourself you know you really and, and that's how you're going to make the best
0: music too now when you started
1: doing
0: uh-huh. <laughs> when you started when you started out on your journey. Yeah. Applying what you just told us. Now you're the lead vocalist. Probably what 17, 18 at this yeah. time?
1: Yes. that
0: would be about right. Yeah. When did it become real to you that oh my god, this is going to be my life?
1: Oh uh, gosh. Probably not until it didn't seem feasible because I was still going to school college right. and, and this is Santa Barbara, this right? Is This Santa Barbara. Yeah. So, um, I was still going to school. I mean, that was one thing my parents said they're like, we totally, we love that you love music and that you're doing this and, and we support that hundred percent, but just please keep going to school, you know, have, have a plan B right. Right. You know, and, and then we'll continue to support it. So, um,
0: did you have a plan B? Uh,
1: well, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I, cause I was, you know, in school, it was like, I, I was a music major, but I was also, um, minoring in German, which is kind of weird. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause I've been to Germany quite a few times now. The Germans <laughs> speak English better than Americans do. So I don't know what I was thinking. It's an absolutely useless thing to, to learn in school. So, um, I mean, my English was being corrected at the, at, at the McDonald's in Germany. And I'm like, seriously, You know, anyway, so, so that was been a really horrible plan B, right? So, um, luckily the music thing worked out, but I think that what, so for me, it, it wasn't until we probably got signed and, and it, you know, and you're signing contracts and you have a lawyer and, and, you know, all this, it became like, Whoa, this is really for real. And, 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 and then you felt this weight of responsibility now because they're spending money on you and you owe them a lot of money and you better be good. Otherwise they're going to, you know, you're, you're, you're done. So.
0: That's what people don't understand. We owe the label a lot of money. They think they're giving us, people think that they're giving us money. No, they're advancing money that hasn't been made by us for
1: them. You're exactly right. And even as the artist, you forget that because I I mean, we would go to these very expensive dinners and I'm thanking them all.
0: You're not supposed
1: to. And in their minds, they're like, "You're paying for it, so right? I don't know why you're thanking us." You know, we're you're buying me dinner, and you know, they're they're ordering these fancy bottles of wine and think, I'm like, "Wow, this is a thank you." They're like, "No, thank you." <laughs> so we're still not recouped because <laughs> of all those of all those dinners. We've sold millions of albums and we've never seen a penny. Yeah, so it's it it, it you're right. It's like right? You, you forget that um that they're, they're loaning you all this money, and they're also the ones that decide when you've recouped. Which yes. is really bad positioning because there's no check or balance. There's nobody leaning over saying, Why are you charging them ten times for that dinner mm-hmm. at one dinner? And it's like, you know Just to have
0: them open the books, that's you gotta yeah, get a lawyer for that. Exactly, exactly. Oh so
1: it's it gets really, really dodgy. So um yeah, that's that's the yeah, being with the label is tricky.
0: Now with regard to that, when when you guys signed up as Dishwala with the, with the label,
1: yeah.
0: How did that um um, how did that affect your relationship among each other you being the lead vocalist you not really having to um i get it because like with our with our lead vocalist jonathan mm-hmm. it's not that he doesn't want to do it it's just that with regard to the responsibility it's his face in front of all those people right right and, and like in your case like i asked you a while ago when did it get real you said when we, when you signed up with the label now you're going out on tour now there are you're not playing once a week you're playing almost every yeah, day yeah
1: what what changed? I, th- I think too well what changes dramatically I think cuz if you are the singer and that, I mean take me personally out of the equation but if you're the singer or you're the songwriter um you know uh the res- the responsibility the amount of responsibility is not equal yes you know I mean that's what I found out initially because right away they were like, okay, you know, you're you're the singer and we want to go try to break Europe or break, you know, Scandinavia or something. So they would send me and maybe Rodney, the guitar player, out yeah. and we would go do a radio tour. And you know, the other guys are like, Cool. I'm just gonna hang out at home, you know, go on vacation, go skiing, whatever. Um, you know, while we're out there working and then the band would come back as a full band and do right. that. You know, and at the same time you know, and, b- and then being the main songwriter too, I'm also responsible for that. So anytime we weren't on tour or recording, I was trying to write the next mm-hmm. album so that it just was non nonstop. So it's, uh, you know, cause we were always, when we went into it, we we're, you know, we're just a bunch of friends, right? Right. Very simple. Young guys. No, you know, we have no responsibility really other than to ourselves, I guess. And all of a sudden we get all this extra responsibility thrown on us because now they're, you know, this expectations, yes. you know, and, uh, and then, even though we were very much like, you know, everything's very equal. We shared all the money equally and, you know, very all for one, one for all, but the responsibility was not equal. So that, that definitely made things kind
0: of that Trick tricky yeah, for yeah. me.
1: You know, I know for me after, you know, by our fourth or fifth album, I was just exhausted because the workload was just, was just a lot more, you know, I have to do more interviews. I have to do more of the radio tours, more of that kind of stuff. And then the responsibility of writing was no. mostly on me
0: when did when did it take its stall with regard to you know what i'm exhausted i'm tired i need a break when did those things happen to you
1: uh i mean for me it happened early on i think in and around after our first album i was pretty exhausted well,
0: after um, your first album in your head you were like wait a minute but you never said anything
1: yeah yeah i mean you know and, and i there's a lot of pressure too because you just had a hit album mm. they're expecting you to write another hit album and uh yeah so <laughs> there's <laughs> a so- lot of pressure
0: Smallville opened the doors to more of the '90s uh, bands, in my opinion. Like, yeah. like, like, yeah. like you guys when 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 Opaline was featured on on um, the songs from Opaline was featured on Smallville. Right, right. Was that was that a good thing for you guys or a bad no, thing? No, no,
1: no, great, great thing. Because that's, I mean, that's especially too if you're trying to break into markets that are outside of the U.S. Cause yes, it's.
0: Because I, mean, I was I, in the Philippines when I heard that.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome. Well, you know, so many countries smallville's a big show and like we weren't we weren't actively trying to break ourselves in the philippines or south america or or all these other places our focus because the the idea has always been that if you can break a band in the u.s then then the rest of the world will be easy well it's not actually it's the
0: other way around yeah
1: yeah exactly you you know um i mean yeah because i know for a fact (laughs) it doesn't actually work like that i know probably it has with some bands but for us that wasn't that way but because of shows like Smallville, yeah, Smallville. or Charms yes. or like the American Pie uh-huh. the movie and quite a few other things that we've done, had songs on and those shows end up having such a big cult a following, following that, um, it, yeah, you're like, whoa, because I, I got a call, you know, a couple of years ago to go play down in Latin America, right? And they wanted me to come to Peru and and you're like, the f- what? First shows in Lima and I'm kinda like, Are you sure you got the right guy? <laughs> you know, and it, and they were actually, you know, paying me well enough to go down and actually yes. do that. But the whole time I'm thinking, they've definitely got me mixed up with somebody else, you know. And uh I you know, all, so much so that even though I went there early before the band had landed, um, to do a bunch of promo. And so I was on all these T V shows and everything in Lima and uh I started to realize like these people actually know who I am. You know, they they know all this Dishwalla history. They even know some of my solo stuff. I'm like, this is crazy. How do they know this? Smallville. It was mostly from Smallville. So Angels of Devils, for example, yeah. was a massive hit in Smallville. And uh Collide, Collide was in Smallville as well. Mm-hmm. Big. So because of that, um, those that particular country, for example, is not driven so corporately. So people could actually be like, I heard this song by a man called Dishwalla, can you play it? And they will, Yes, it's not like here, if you call there, they're like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, 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 no. we'll get to that. And then of course I never play it, you know, um, but it, there they did. So um, yeah, we had this massive cult following there. And even though it's their, it's not their first language, as soon as I hit the first chord of, yep. of uh, Angel of Devils, the whole place, I'll show you the video. Yeah, <laughs> the, the bass player, cause I start the song when I play I it, I, I sit down on the piano and I start uh-huh. playing it. And then the band kicks in on the second verse. And, um, so it's, you know, this very intimate moment and, uh, you know, this is the last time, right. And, and then there's 5,000 people singing it with me. I was had to pause for a second. I was like, what's going on? It was crazy. So our bass player, um, wow. he, he started filming this moment happening and i mean i was just sitting there with tears coming out of my eyes it was i couldn't even hear myself i was singing off key horribly probably because the audience was so isn't bad.
0: that very humbling when the, Oh my like God. Like it that was that.
1: one of the most i mean it's so unexpected because i honestly i remember landing in lima thinking wrong guy nobody's <laughs> going to show up to see us play and and i'm going to feel it because the promoter is this lovely lovely guy And he spent all this time and money to put the show together. He's got me down there. And I'm still thinking that he's, you know, got, he's not, has not figured this out and it was packed. It was sold out. It was amazing. So yeah, it just very, very unexpected, beautiful moments that happen sometimes.
0: Uh, I first reached out to you nine years ago via Twitter. Yeah, that's right. And, um, it was amazing. I, I never expected you to reply. And I was like, oh my God, he replied. I was telling Janelle, we were talking about it before you came. And Janelle's like, remember how you, how you were jumping up and down when JR replied to your Twitter <laughs> message? I'm like, yeah. And then and then you and my good friend Mark Tupas worked yeah. together. You mentored yeah. him on a song. Uh, this This big heart of yours, you know, is it because you just like doing this or... What's what's the deal? What's what's up with the not so rock star attitude? You said a while ago you consider yourself a musician, but yeah. considering yourself a musician and having a taste of stardom, why did it not change you? Or did it did well, it change
1: you? I'm I'm sure probably did. You know, I mean, and hopefully I wasn't didn't go through a period where I was too annoying. But I mean, I I think that you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I've, a lot of it had to do with my singing teacher, I think, cause he was very, Ron was very, um,
0: Ron's the opera guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, um, like the first day that I went in to, to take a lesson with him, just to kind of give you an example yeah, of the please. caliber he was at, I could hear him. I'm in a, he's in his conservatory and, and he has, you know, somebody answer the door and they sit me down in this hallway and I'm listening. I can hear through the door. He's working with somebody and I'm like, God, I recognize that voice, you know? Oh, And, uh, and then he had, he had a British accent I was like, what the heck is that and it was seal. Ooh. Yeah. And so this huge black man, good looking Ooh. black man comes rolling out. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's seal, And he's like, Hey, hey mate, you know, and so I'm like, Hey, <laughs> wow. Okay. So, but that's, you know, um, but Ron is one of those guys. He's, he's more than just a vocal coach. He just knows you as a, as a human being and he's really good and has always been really good at just kind of keeping you grounded. Um, so, and also understanding that, you know, this is serious. You have to take care of your voice. If you start going out and partying and doing stuff, I'm going to know and you, you're and, out and you're out, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to teach you anymore. So, you know, I basically live like a priest, but I, it's very humbling to, you know, you realize that if I want to go out and sing well every night, I really do have to, to really keep my, you know, my act together. You know, it's, and, and I was brought up to always make sure you're kind to you're everyone right to who everybody there is equally important. Um, you know, and I'm happy to go in I still enjoy setting up my own stuff. You know, I love rehearsing and, you know, I love the work that's involved
0: in all of it. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Lourdes Capelon. Right.
1: Um, I mean, I get huge joy out of that. So, um, yeah, you know, so I it mean- just, just works out. I mean, I, and I, <sighs> I don't, I think lead singers get, get a bad, Rap. Rap for that, you know, they're being lazy and don't know anything about anything. And they're never, you know, I was the guy setting the PA system up. <laughs> Usually it's the lead singers just rolls into the cigarette and yeah. it's like, are we ready to go? You know, with a couple chicks, you know, whatever. And it's that, that was, I was not that guy. So probably kind of boring, I guess. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Because, yeah, because like, like when, when Mike saw your show in Santa Clarita, yeah. I was like, did JR even say hi? Yeah, he was even shocked that I was taller than him. Yeah, (laughs) and all that stuff. Dude, you're tall.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was on my toes while we were taking
0: photos. (laughs) (laughs) So, moving to okay, moving to England. Yeah. So, why why did why did men not move to the states? Why was it the other way around?
1: Well, men was already living. We met here in California. So, um, initially, so, um, and we were living here for quite a while. I mean, we were married in Scotland, but uh. we lived in California for years. Um, and, uh, but when I was telling you, one of our boys yeah, is, is highly boy. special yes. needs and, uh, he became so ill, um, that, uh, we needed to find a place somewhere that would, he would, you know, help him, you know, cause he was, it was not, he was doing very poorly. So, um, it, it just turns out we found there was a hospital, very forward-thinking hospital in Oxford, mm-hmm. England. He's a UK citizen, right? His mom's British, so he qualifies. But but the thing with the UK is, even though healthcare is free, which is mind blowing, <laughs> how awesome that is! Because the healthcare is amazing there, uh, and it's free. Free. <laughs> it's like, are you me. joking? I mean. If you're, if you're not a student and you go and you get, you know, like we had, one of our boys is a type one diabetic, right? He, okay. I mean, he probably pays, you know, we have to pay like a thousand dollars a month for insulin for hair. Right. Right. Which... Just so happens, it looks like that might change that recent uh, soon. But I hope so. But that's how it has been historically. I mean, he was just, you know, at eight, he was diagnosed. Not his faults, not the way he eats or anything like that. It's just the way was he. Was it is. your fault? or No, well, I hope not. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and, you know, so when he's in the UK, he pays nothing for his insulin. Wow. Because he's there, but he's going to school in Florida right now, or he's living in Florida. And, and you know. How old's your son? Um, They range. We have four boys. Okay. So they range from 20, 22
0: to 33. You have a. You have a thirty-three-year-old. Right. Yes, I do. Dang. I know,
1: crazy, huh? So no
0: grandkids yet. No, no. Oh,
1: I know. I'm like, what's up? I'm starting to think it's just never going to happen. I'm like, what's up, you guys? Get on with it. But no, okay. I, they're all, yeah, they're they're all lovely and and uh, but but one of them is is yes. highly, highly special needs, and so he was and he was really quite ill. So, um, men had found a hospital. Uh, and I men's amazing. I mean, the, what she went through to, 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 to care right, for him, has right. just been a mind blowing. And she's sacrificed basically everything in order to make sure her you know, kids are okay. But, um, we found this hospital, but the only thing is you have to live, you have to be in the catch, you have to be in the catchment area. You gotta be right next. So we found a house online, a little townhouse, um, that was, you know, within, a stone's throw distance to the hospital and we never set foot in it we just rented it and sold and gave everything away and up and left um you know um that was eight years ago how are you how am i yeah oh i'm great i'm great yeah
0: so you put family first yeah and i ask you how you are and you are great expound on that and explain that to people who put who put everything else first before family what is it your upbringing that, that made you go, hey, no questions asked, family comes first? Yeah, yeah,
1: without I mean, question, of course, yeah.
0: Where did that principle come from? Because nowadays everybody's so career-driven, me, yeah. me, me, me.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes in order to be successful, you have to sacrifice everything else, yes. right? And, and, that, and, and I know that because I, I look at people that even are my contemporaries and the ones that are doing, typically the ones that do really well because' it's it's, that's all they do, and I unfortunately can't put that same kind of time and energy into it because i you know I'm a husband, i'm a father, you know, I have dogs and cats I I'm have having to a bad of. crush <laughs> so you know, and that stuff is more important right. I mean clearly, without a question, and music is important to me too, but I can do that anywhere um I mean obviously there you know I have to be conscious' cause i you know I have to make sure i you know we can keep the lights on, yes, and, you yes. know and um but I'm not you know. I'm, I'm not one of those, I'm not wealthy by any means. And, and, but that's not, i never been what it's been in, you know, why I've ever done it. I would have quit long ago. You know, it's never been about the money, but the enjoyment of being able to do it. But of course, you know, having kids and family that, that's, that supersedes everything else. And so without, you know, and men's the same way. So we both dropped everything and, and just said, we'll, we'll figure it out and, it, and saved his life. So he's, he's doing really, really well now. And so, we're kind of like, things are stable, so we sh- we're we just going to, you know, continue. And you know
0: what? Stability is a blessing. Yes. That's a lot to be grateful for. It is. To have stability. It is. yeah. Are there regrets, though?
1: Um, Not really, because I think, I mean, I've made some bad choices in my life, but um, but I wouldn't be where I am now if I change those. I might mess with that, right. you know? Right it's it's that whole like very you know science fiction kind of thing where if you could get in a time machine and go back and change some of the things that you did you end up screwing up some of the the good things uh, yeah right and so you know you risk that and and even though it's been a tough journey to get where I am that have had that have had so many beautiful moments on the way but I love where I'm at you know I don't think I would ever would have met men if I didn't go through the things that I had gone through right, right. to get there so I would risk losing her if I were to go back and regret and ch- want to change those things. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah.
0: Um, getting back with the guys at uh, in Dishwala. Remotely possible, not possible.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean anything is possible. It's it's tough, man. I, I think um you know, we've been through a lot together. There've also been a lot of guys in the band. I mean, right. we've had, you know, we've had two drummers, we've had three keyboard players, we've had like five bass players um, and now two singers, right? So mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of different configurations. Yes. Um, and but if the
0: original lineup decides to do a show, let's say.
1: Yeah, I mean. <clears throat>
0: like a one night
1: only. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty happy with where they are. And, right. and um, Justin, who's singing with them now, is great. And it sounds good. They've, they've been putting out some really good music. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, they they don't sound like Dishwala to me because of course- You're, you're the voice. It, well, I mean, in my head, I'm yeah. the voice. I'm sure to other people it doesn't matter and that's that's totally fine. So I just say that purely out of my own, you know, just right. my own perspective. But um, but all lovely guys, all amazing musicians. Um, but it, it's hard when you're in a band for a long period of time. It's, I mean, as you know, you, yeah. you, you know what I'm talking about. It's It's like being married- to you know, four or five other people. Yes, and there's no sex, so which yes. is really tough. But no, it's you know what I mean. It's it's a it's that kind of emotional commitment. Yes, and and it goes a lot of different directions. And it's and and then you know we started when we were kids, kids, and then all of a sudden we're adults and we're married and we we have kids and our responsibilities and our points of view change. And um, yeah, I just got to a point. Well, I mean, the band did did break up after our fifth album. And I just kept on going, you know, I mean, I, I went straight in. I mean, I think maybe I took a year or two kind of where I wasn't quite sure what I was doing, but I kept writing songs. Yeah. And so then I took those songs and wrote my first solo album. And, and then it was around that time where some original members got back together and said, Hey, let's start playing again. And I was like, well, I'm kind of right in the middle of doing this other thing. And. And, uh, you know, they didn't want to wait around, which was fine, so they they, uh, they just continued on.
0: But, okay. like, like um, tell me when to stop, up huh? <laughs> like, Tell me when to stop. I'll just keep asking. When you're in the middle of a, a solo album and they want to get together after them taking a hiatus and you waiting for them, is the conversation simple? Is it tricky? Does it have to be honest? Or is it kind of stoic where you in there? Eh? Mm. <laughs> and, the, and the reason why I'm asking those questions is because like any other relationship communication yeah. is key right and oh, like yeah. you mentioned like um you guys grew up together me and JJ same band 36 years we know how it is and um, it hurts sometimes if you th- if you guys don't get along but what, what what's the conversation like I mean is it calm is it? give and take are there compromises Well,
1: I mean you know we have a, I mean for the most part as a band we got along really well um which is probably why we lasted as long as we did while I was in the band you know but uh I mean we had a share of you know a couple fist fights along the way and, also- <laughs> you know, and, and, and plenty of yelling and screaming moments but um that's you know, part of uh, it though, and, right? and I, I think that's that is part of it and hopefully you can work through that kind of stuff but um but you, you do have to be honest. But it is tough. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily get along well enough with some of the guys in the band.
0: Ever yeah. since? Is, or no, just now. I
1: think that when, when it came around to, okay, we're going to get back and going again. Of course a lot of ch- some choices were made and i wasn't even a part of it and it was just like this right. is what we're doing and i was like well hang on i haven't left the band right and but nobody asked me if i'm okay with this all of a sudden it's like what the heck so it just, i had to be really honest with myself i have obviously felt very obligated to these guys because i love them all yeah right and i don't want to disappoint them and i know and and separate from me personally just because i am the lead singer that's a it's a hard thing to to yeah. to replace right cuz we've 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 gone through we've flipped drummers we've flipped bass players we've we've flipped keyboard players we've done nobody really notices those changes and and no disrespect to anyone to just, it, it just, to, just has it, yeah. to you know i mean it's just it's just life and i mean cuz I, yes. I could have been the bongo player in the yeah. band and and they could have been a different bongo player one night and nobody would have known right i could have been the best bongo player on the planet it had nothing to do with it totally so agree. you know what i get so it's just weird how it works and and also being the main songwriter too that means that that's also gone away as well right. too so um i know that if i leave the band or if i don't play with them in this configuration that they want to do then that makes it difficult for them so it, i had to i struggled with that big time but what ended up being a thing is that they decided they wanted to go and play and do x shows but i had already committed myself to to recording right, and this right. schedule and it was like i literally was like no you, you got to stay on course, man. This is what you're doing, you know. And love them or not, you 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 know you got to do what you need to do for yourself to be happy, you know. You got to do what not, they, You nah, cannot nah, compromise nah. yourself in that way because I know it, would, it wouldn't have been a healthy situation. I it would have ended up going bad eventually if I had acquiesced and said, "All right, I'll do whatever you guys want to do." But
0: would you write for Deshwala?
1: Yeah, sure. I would love to play with those guys. Mm. I mean, I enjoy that. I, we make great music together. Whether it's a song we write as a band or one because a couple of the other guys in the band are amazing songwriters, right. um, and you know, Dishwalla has a thing that when you know, and, and it's interesting because different configurations that we have been right, um, and uh, but each configuration was brilliant. You know, and you, so I would bring in a song and it would generally come out sounding better than what I brought in, you know, just because you put it through that lens of, of how everybody does everything. And it's like, wow, now there's some magic. So, um, I love that. I love that. I miss that. There's no, no doubt about that. I mean, I, you know, I was watching us playing, uh, somebody had sent me a film of us playing at a big radio show in Texas and I was enjoying (laughs) watching us play, you know? I was like, "Wow, that you know, we were good."
0: So doors are not closed.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know how it would work, and and the, the other thing too is is that's rather unfair because there's a guy that's singing in the yes. band right now. Yes, right. I mean, what if Steve Perry wanted to come back in and just say, "See, now yeah, so- yeah, no, yeah, just push now out. I'm I'm in now, doing it." And
0: if that, Justin called you, yeah, and invited you back.
1: Well, I don't know why he would do that, but because
0: uh, because for I asked I asked Arnell the same question. I was yeah. like, "Would you call Steve just for the heck of? Yeah, just to watch the just to watch them play."
1: Yeah, I mean, because it, it is it's a lot of egos and a lot of things that go on in there and stuff like that. And I don't want to create any issues right. with anyone. I'm happy. I'm happy doing my own thing. Right? I enjoy it, and I and I, I don't. I mean, I miss the, the, the joy of playing with those guys because I love playing with people and those guys are amazing. And we made incredible music together. I totally miss that. But, um, you know, it's, but it's unfortunately life is a little more complex than that. And, and, um, so I don't know how that would ever work or if it could, but it's okay if it doesn't, you know, I'm absolutely fine with that because I am very happy doing my own thing. And, um, and they seem like they're doing awesome so and you know that what you're may, st- that, and that makes me happy and that's
0: that makes perfect sense you and know, you're inspiring I, a lot of people yeah. right i mean now they, they had
1: a song they just did a song um they released like an ep and one mm-hmm. of the songs is it was charting which is fucking awesome that's you know good. i was like wow for a moment i was kind of hurt <laughs> <laughs> i was like well hey i'm like yeah <laughs> oh wait a minute i'm not singing like that. Um, but, but I'm like, but God, they sound awesome. So I'm like, well, okay, fair enough. You know, that, that, they deserve that. And that, that's so cool to hear. And so that, that, that definitely, you know, I sat there and I'm like, oh, that actually makes me feel really, I'm really happy for them That's so awesome of them. You know, well done.
0: Now, right now, are you DIY or are you signed with the label?
1: I'm completely hundred percent independent.
0: Let's talk about that because yeah. that's that's a good route to go to go with, and I'm pretty sure songwriters and aspiring artists listening to this would love to hear from you, me included. Yeah. When you went um, fully independent, what are the things you anticipated? What are the things you forgot to anticipate that <laughs> slammed on your face that we have to be aware of?
1: Right. Um. Well, it, you know. I think w- the only reason that I considered doing it a hundred percent, hundred percent independent and like, okay, I'm a singer from a band. I'll write some songs, see if I can go get a deal, right? I'll go ah. see if I can sign with a label and, and do that whole thing. Um, just because my, my experience working with labels is that you give up so much, right? Yes. I mean, it's not just money, it's just control. And, and, uh, I mean, it's really control, you know, I mean, a lot of decisions are going to be made without, Consulting you, you know? Yeah. Consorting you and, and, there, and just a lot of control over like, look, this is what we're doing. And if you have a problem with it, then goodbye, you know, bye. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, and, and, and I think if it were the nineties, I would have to do that. Right. I mean, cause in the nineties, if you wanted to release a song or an album, you had to sign with a major label because yes. otherwise there was no other way to get your album onto a record shelf, you know, to sell to that guy in Munich, Germany. Right. To get onto that shelf there now with you know apple and spotify and all that you know it's there is no there are no shelves that have limited space it's infinite now so so that 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 is the biggest issue was has always been distribution funny enough that is the biggest (laughs) thing so when napster happened that destroyed distribution right yep because now you didn't it wasn't about are you going to be on you know because I used to be a kid trying to talk the guy at the local record store to put my CD up on the counter and, but that would be the only place you could buy my album, right? There was no, there wasn't an internet, right? So there was no way to, to be able to go and download the album, you know, if you lived in Spain and you wanted it. Right. So, um, so things have changed. So these days you can go out and you can have a presence worldwide. Right, you can record a song and and people can in the Philippines can yes can buy it right yes they can stream it and they do, which is awesome yes and I can do it all myself and I have control over it right so that that's been a big part of it for me is just you know I I'm much more in control of my own destiny but then
0: again there's no advance royalties no, anymore. there's not that's a caveat that we have to be aware yes, of
1: yes it's true but there are also now ways that you can market yourself I mean I have spent. quite a few years now teaching myself internet marketing e-commerce with a real specific kind of weight as to being an actual artist selling music and songs right so by um, the way
0: uh, people are actually the the thing that people are looking at Mm -hmm. right now is your qr code
1: Oh, cool. Okay.
0: That's what they're seeing right Right. now on the screen.
1: Right. So this is uh, like, this is an interesting thing about music. So this QR code is going to take you to my Patreon page, which is my, my compute community subscription. Right. Mm -hmm. And basically it's for people who enjoy, hopefully are enjoying my music so much that they want to go deeper and know more about, everything that goes into right. making those songs and, and also like, Hey, you know, what are you doing during the day? What, what was it like being in the recording studio? What was it like being on tour? You know, what did your wife and you and your wife do on <laughs> yeah. your, on your honeymoon, that kind of thing. So even the Before vlog the-
0: is on the Patreon. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's all there. I mean, um, I'm actually going to start a podcast series. That's just, that's just going to be, maybe I can interview you. Yes. Yeah. That would be awesome. Oh. Um, I would love that. So, um, but it's going to be just for my Patreon community. Only, okay. Right. So it's going to be very, very small knit thing, but it's, you know, cause being, being an artist is much more than just singing some songs, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, everybody has a story, like you're a very yes. interesting person. I, I could talk all day with you <laughs> like this, right? I, I love this. It's great. And I, 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 and I find, cause I find it entertaining and interesting. Yes. Right. So, um, I think that for artists, it's, it's about creating a whole culture yeah. about who you are, It's not, you know, so people have a better understanding of why you write the songs and and why you sound the way you do and why you do the things that you do. Um, And, you know.
0: And that's important. I mean, the the why.
1: Yeah, I mean, because think of all the artists and musicians that we grew up, we love. I loved knowing more about who they were as people and why they did what they did exactly you know and 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 i mean i spend a lot of time i do updates because i'm working on an album so i'm constantly putting out updates right, of right. being in the studio or writing a song i mean even if it's just me trying to figure out a tuning uh-huh. on a guitar and i'll just put a camera on and be like do you like this or <laughs> do you like this better you know and as dumb as it sat my my wife's like really you're, that's what you're sharing i'm like yeah no I'm, i am but this episode is brought to you by abba e
0: services
1: but for people really into it, they love that kind of yeah. access to, to see why you're what you know your process of uh, behind the scenes, yes. right? That behind the scenes. So and and so my wife Min is she's a sculptor, right? <gasps> so she's I mean she's a director. She's done so many things. Uh, she's does she do it. clay? She does clay. She uh, does she does clay, and then she has like it. clay
0: pottery clay. Have, has she done no,
1: that? No, she, uh, she. Well, I think she has. It's not her thing, but have she's, you guys
0: done ghost? Oh
1: no! <laughs> Although. <laughs> We should though, because I did cover. Uh, yeah,
0: um, the Righteous Brothers. Yeah,
1: I did. I did. Ah, uh, so
0: you guys should do that whole ghost. Oh,
1: That's not a bad idea. I, I love the way you think, because I, I, I did, I did cover Unchained Melody, because I did an album of of covers about ah. three or four years ago, and the first song on that album is Unchained Melody. And, uh, so this is an, okay, it's, go, so, go, go. so this is an interesting thing. So along that line of like, okay, so you're an independent artist yes. and you're trying to get your music out there. So what did I do? I'm like, well, I just put this album out with covers. I'm like, what's the first song? Oh, it's unchained melody. Okay, cool. So then huh. filmed me singing and had filmed me singing in the studio recording. So we used a, a small clip of me singing, um, uh, the chorus to the song or verse the chorus whatever it was. And, um, and then I, so I had this clip and then I go to Facebook and I get into their ads manager, right? I mean, so we're going deep, right? Already we're in the ads manager in Facebook yeah. and I'm putting that video out and I'm marketing it to people who like, like, uh, ballads, uh, uh-huh. who like the movie ghost, ghost. right? Who, right. Okay. Patrick so, Swayze. Exactly. So, you know, I'm thinking like who, who might enjoy this yes. song who's never heard of me before ever right ah. and so it's it, that's what it's all about it's going and finding your audience and then yes. bringing those people in and and having more than just playing some songs for them it's really ch- creating a culture around who you are as a person and sharing that with them and you know and giving them access so that they can you know chat yeah. with you online or whatever it is and 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 so they you know they want to come see you play they want to you know um, they want to download your music they want to stream you on spotify and and and, and then now next thing you know you're you're creating a career out of this yes. so
0: how how okay that being said like you mentioned men helping out with this with this how important is it to have your wife your partner your life partner with you all the way on your on this journey
1: oh uh, it's everything cuz I, I if she and i were stuck doing separate things that would that would be tough you know one of us would have to probably acquiesce somehow. And and in order to maintain a relationship, um, which is, you know, how it is sometimes, I mean, um, you have to make choices, but in this, in in this case, Min and I like this Patreon page that the QR code was up (laughs) Min and I both do it. So, because we do so many things together and, um, and we're constantly kind of sharing our own, you know we're helping each other different things so all of her art or she does all of my music she's all the most of the music videos i've yeah. done in the last 10 12 we're years shot by her Were are done by her and they're the best ones i've ever done they're amazing i mean she's so brilliant it's ridiculous so so uh, so we do everything together yeah, i mean i mean obviously there are days where i'm in the studio and there are days where she's you know sculpting an, an ancient egyptian dog or something <laughs> like that and she's explaining how she she does it but that's all in our patreon community so that's kind of what i'm focusing on. I mean, obviously I want people to hopefully listen to me on Spotify and those things because that's all part of, you know, keeping the machine running. But um, yeah, anyway, I mean, that's just a, a, it's just a brave new world out there for for musicians and you don't have to have to be signed to a label in order to be successful. In fact, the idea is that you do so well on your own, which is kind of how labels are signing people these days. People are doing so well on their own because they, they know how to operate TikTok really well right. and get their songs out and they sing and next thing they got a million followers. Labels are like, oh, they've already got an audience. It's all about building an audience. It, that's really what it is. It's just yes. finding people that are interested in seeing and hearing what you're doing and there are a million ways to do it. It takes some time and work, but you can do it.
0: Mentoring, is that yeah. on the horizon? Are you going to do that too? <laughs> I, do, it's, I, it's, I It do. sounds like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean with, it, does, with, it does. With the well, knowledge that you have?
1: Well, I mean... There are some people that are so much more knowledgeable than I am and I, and I, and I follow them, oh. but, uh, but I do help a lot of the artists that I work with, some of the younger ones that I might play producer on and or co-write right. or record do vocal stuff with. I'm also trying to help them too and say, okay, you've created this beautiful song. How are you going to share this? How are you going to let the world know what's your plan? Because a lot of t- us as artists, sometimes we're so unaware of all the other things involved in getting a song out there. We're, we're just thinking about, getting the best performance down and getting a great song. And then we're like, yes, that's like, okay, now what? Now, what are you going to do? Right? So that's the big, the big thing these days is that there's, there are a lot of ways that you can go to, 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 to share your music once you've created it. So I spend a lot of time with a lot of young folks yeah. and I say, okay, you know, make, make a plan, think about these things.
0: So now let's bring it home. Yeah. Are you able to commit to a recording of a song that is produced? and sung and performed by you
1: what you just confused me what So,
0: are you able to commit yeah to the final track recording of a oh, song that's
1: what you're <laughs> it's like my brain just couldn't even go there i was like no no don't Shh. um i have a hard time doing it sometimes i mean obviously you know i mean it's tough to know when to say when and to to decide that you're you know it's it's good enough um because you can spend a lifetime on just one song and, and never finish it. Um, and you can spend a year working on a song and, and you didn't make it better. You know, it's, you've gone laterally, you know, it's, it's just as good, but instead of being lemons, it's oranges, you know, and it's like, doesn't necessarily make it any better, but you spend spent a year getting from there to here. So, yeah, I mean that, that there's a, um, there's definitely a, uh, a gift in being able to say, done. Next. Are you done? Me? I'm definitely not done. Um, yeah, no, I'm deep in the middle of, of making an album and it's taking a long time. I mean, you know, COVID and a lot of, a lot of other kind of life things have, uh, have gone, gotten in the way and, and, uh, some health things and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, I'll get there. I'm getting, but it's, I've never gotten good at doing that. I mean, I, let's be honest. It's always been hard to do that. And there's plenty of songs that don't even get me going. (laughs) There's a gentleman, J.R. Richards.
0: Oh man. Don't forget to point your phone at the QR code that you're seeing right now. And we'll have links in the description too. Man. Gotcha. Thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs>